But death and annihilation was always, always in the scope of things, right? Yeah, it's never been uh, not part of it, I guess is a way you could look at it. It's never, there's never been a period of time when that wasn't hanging over our heads. Welcome to Switching Lenses, a podcast that takes current issues and events within the culture and defends the Christian position from an apologetical and biblical lens. Now, here are your hosts, Shane Skirvin and Josh Phillips. Welcome everyone to the Switching Lenses podcast. We're in the series called Through the Lens of Hope. Now, last episode, we talked about the idea of hope. Is it just wishful thinking? And we established what hope was and what it should be rooted in. And now we're going to tackle the topic of climate change. We're going to take a look at some of the fears that people are facing amid this climate crisis and see, is there really hope that we should have? Is there hope that we can root ourselves in? All right, Shane, climate change. Now, before we get into this, we have to say, we're not going to make this a political episode, right? We're not trying to give take political sides or anything like that. We just want to get into the issue, get into the nuts and bolts of this. And really we want to get into this from the framework of people's hope or their hopelessness. Okay. Sound good to you, Shane? Sounds great. Okay. Eco-anxiety. Shane, I never heard of this word before, but apparently this is a thing. You sent me this chart and I wish the podcasters, listeners could see this, but we're just going to kind of talk about it a little bit, but it was pretty eye-opening, wasn't it? Yeah, just sky high. Um, uh, The chart wasn't balanced at all. I mean, uh, most of the responses are just way to the heavy side, right? It's it's pretty overwhelming, the evidence that the chart shows. Yeah, it took probably what, a couple handfuls of countries and as a survey and it asked several different questions. And just to give a couple of the, just to throw out a few of these, one of them was, have people uh, failed to take care of the planet? And look at this, Shane, I don't know if you have it in front of you, but it's about 75% or higher on that. Uh, this was one that really you know, caught your eye. It says the future is frightening. How many people think the future is frightening? I mean, again, these are ho- hovered around 75%. Some below, some above. It's uh, crazy, isn't it? Well, yeah. And look at the one. Is humanity doomed? Am I going to have less opportunity than my parents? I'm hesitant to have children. I mean, yeah. all of these are driving um, a point home, regardless of what a pos- person's position on climate change is real or not. Uh, the effect it's having is very, very real. Very real. Very, yeah, very profound. I, it, I'm shocked by this. We, we, there's been a lot of things people have experienced, but uh, this is really rattling people. And the idea of not wanting to have children because of this or a lot of your future, a lot of decisions you would make in the future are being affected by... Oh, yeah, these are major... Yeah, these are major questions that will uh, determine the flow of your life, right? The direction of your life. And I'd like to point out on the chart, it's mainly people through the from 16 to 25, right? We're talking about our future. Oh, yeah. I guess we should have... That would have been important to bring up. Yeah, you're right. Uh, that is that age demographic. And so... And these are people that are really... They're probably pretty engrossed in this. Uh, that they're gr- they're growing up in this. That's a probably a better way of. They're in their formative years. They're growing up in a lot of the news that we're hearing, a lot of uh, the reports about all these the climate crisis and whatnot. And so, yeah, that's it's really having a scary effect. I mean, would you, I mean, when you said that they're feeling very hopeless right now. Oh, uh, what about the movie? Uh, did you watch Tenet? 
I did love that movie. Yeah, yeah. The whole basis, right, is that a oh, future yeah, based on- the future is is hopeless, and so they're declaring war on the past because they're they're hopeless, right? And it, and it was based on climate change as well. Yeah, yeah. That was the yeah. Ho- that was the that, that's why they were. That's why they were hopeless. Yeah. Yeah, that was. So, yeah, it's. I mean, it's 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 all around us. Like we're hearing yeah. this. And so, <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna jump we're gonna jump head first into this. Let's do it. And um, Shane, is this the first time though that we've had this fear of impending doom? No, um, <laughs> we, I, I remember distinctively, I chuckle because of the irony of looking back on my own life, Y2K. I mean, that was something oh, that I remember distinctively. Anybody in our age group remembers like <laughs> where they were, the things they were thinking, the shows that were on during Y2K. Yeah. It was, it, it's, it's really funny to look back now and laugh. Yeah, I, I remember um, realizing on the cusp of Y2K that I wasn't a very good prepper. And so I'd be one of the first to perish if things. Now, for those who don't know, for those who don't know, what is? <laughs> could you explain Y two K? Oh quick? yeah, um, I might need your help on this. You're a little more tech oh, no savvy than me, but I know it was the idea of when 1999, when it rolled over to the year 2000, that computer systems might crash. Right? It was yeah, the possibility. With, yeah, with it only only I think if I remember correctly, it was only having years displayed in two digits that going to 2000 would mess that up. And like, yeah, the thought was like, all the computer systems are going to shut systems down. crash. Yeah, we're going to lose everything. I'm sure you know electricity. They thought because that's run by computer systems, we're going to lose that. And we I mean, there was a lot of panic at first, but I, it was funny as I noticed that the closer we got to it, it seemed like it started to die a little bit or it started to kind of drift down. But yeah, there was a lot of fear at first. Yeah, yeah. there's those doomsday preppers. Um, <laughs> We, you know, and like and looking back in this, you know, this, there's other things too. And I don't know, I just, I, 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 some might be irritated by this, but I think it's kind of funny. But, you know, there was the idea in the 70s of global cooling. That was the fear. There was global cooling only to be followed up, you know, 20, 20 years later or whatever it was by global warming. And then here we are today. It's like, well, it's kind of, we're, we're, we're going to hedge our bets a little bit. It's just climate change. It's going to be, it's going to be different, but the point being is that we've had these things before in the past. This is nothing new. Jay, what did C.S. Lewis, he he was saying, he said something about this. Well, in his, to go back to another of one of these uh, great fears, it was nuclear annihilation. And I'm old enough. Yeah. And I'm old enough to remember that being probably the most significant fear in society. And I remember asking my parents about that. Um, uh, as a, as a boys asking about, Hey, is this going to happen? Is this, what do we, uh, what's our plan <laughs> and mm-hmm. what's the chances of this happening? But for in C.S. Lewis's day, that was the great fear. And he said, I, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, how is it that, that people think that annihilation has never been hanging over their heads? Like yeah. he was saying, you know, death is coming for all of us and all things crumble. And somehow because... Uh, of a nuclear bomb, we think, oh, this is the first time we're facing it. He said, all that did is bring it into focus. We've always had annihilation hanging over us. Uh, Everything's going to grind down, right? We're all going to die. It's just this idea that, oh, it might all happen at once. Shane, I really think a lot of this comes down to really worldview. 
And just real quick, I mean, anybody that's listened to our show is familiar with that term because we use it frequently, but uh, the term worldview would be how I view the world, the questions of morality, meaning, things of that nature that would encompass a worldview. And so this, that's what really what this comes down to. And let's kind of go from sort of the atheistic worldview to start with. You know, scientists, they, they've, they've pointed to this, this idea like you were talking about previously of annihilation. I mean, it's, it's coming, right? I mean, scientists say that the, the sun's going to burn out at some point. Um, life on Earth is not going to last forever. And so Earth has already had an expiration date on it. So really, this isn't too much of a surprise. It might be quicker than we thought. But death and annihilation was always always in the scope of things, right? Yeah, it's never been uh, not part of it, I guess, is a way you could look at it. It's never, there's never been a period of time when that wasn't hanging over our heads. Right, and so, so if I have an atheistic view, we've kind of talked about this in the previous episode a little bit, but there's really no promise of hope, right? I mean, I'm, uh, this is from pure naturalism. I'm thinking that the sun's going to burn out. We're going to lose our source of life. It's going to end anyways. So, you know, is it's now or later. Well, it, it, widen it out. The universe itself is going to wind down. It's at a later date, but oh, the universe yeah. itself is winding down. Second law of thermodynamics. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. We're going to lose, lose all energy eventually. So yeah, so com- coming from that from that standpoint, <laughs> there's really no hope, really. And again, I mean, we we can come to preferences and say, well, we should try to make the human race survive as long as possible, even though we know it's going to end. Okay, if you want to make that argument, that's fine. But still, it ha- it has a large degree of hopelessness attached to it, right? I mean, we can survive as long as we want to, but we're all going to die, um, and then that that's it. We're just worm food after that. There's yeah. really nothing hopeful about that. So, I mean, and yeah, and another way of looking at this is hope. The word hope is and always has been a profoundly religious word and concept. That's true. Whether it's been co-opted to mean um, hope in general um, could be based on some, you know, material reason. I mean, it is a profoundly religious word. It All it has been has been borrowed or stolen to sustain other purposes. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So going with that, um, if I'm a Christian and I'm looking, I'm trying to view this whole situation, uh, regardless if I believe climate concerns are legitimate or illegitimate, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. If I'm a Christian, I'm viewing this. You know, how do how do I approach this? How do I approach a lot of the claims of what whatever the expiration date is, however how much time we have left or whatever due to climate? Um, how do I view this as a Christian, Shane? Yeah, um, I mean, that's, that is a, a great way to work through this and try to process. I mean, it's the whole idea of a worldview, right? What are you doing? What's motivating you? Why are you getting up in the morning? And why do you do certain things? And, you know, Jesus was really clear that the world as it is, the world system as we find it, that we have been born into, we're not made for. That there's right. something profoundly wrong with the world and us on the face of it. Or, or he says out- we're... We're, we're aliens. We're immigrants. Yeah. In this world. yeah. Yeah. To how it is now. Yes. Yeah. How it is now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, ju- and just to be clear, I think, I think what you're, what, kind of what you're getting at. Originally, we were created <laughs> for this, <laughs> but sin has fractured it. And we're in desperate need of a savior because we're destroying others and we're destroying ourselves. And so like, we're not, we're not made for this. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Which, but, but, see, but does it mean though, right? Like it doesn't mean that our physical bodies and that this world doesn't have value, right? Correct. Yeah, you we say, Josh? yeah, we don't want to swing too far one direction. We're not escapists here saying, you know, who, who cares what we do? You know, release as much carbon as we want to, burn whatever we want to, destroy this planet. It's not ours anyways. We're going somewhere else. I think that's a total wrong attitude. I don't think that's being a good steward of what God's given us. He's given us. I think we're supposed to steward this. In fact, going back to page one and two of the Bible, you know, we're supposed to co-rule the earth with him. And so, and part of that is stewarding what he's created and what he's given us. And so, and also we're not, we're not Gnostics either that think that everything is spiritual and that physical bodies are nothing and who cares what, you know, we, we're, we're humans with value. Doesn't mean we should go killing anybody or taking human life to, to be less than what it should be in terms of value, right? And so we don't want to swing too far either direction. We don't want to say that be escapist and say we're trying to get out of here. We don't want to swing the other way and say this this life, this uh, earth is, is everything. And if we physically die here, then all's lost. Yeah, but isn't this though, I, I would say this, since we're bringing up these points, isn't this exactly how we find the world? I mean, we are here only for a time we're leaving. All of us feel that tension that we're created and we're part of this world, but something's not quite right. That right. there's the human condition or human evil that's despoiling the world and and us, right? I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I just us talking about these things, I'm just like, man, this this worldview, uh, it's so rooted in realism. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so viewing the world not through rose-colored lenses, but as the world actually is. Right. And I think I think as a Christian, you know, whether you again, whether you believe in climate change concerns or not, we're on the same page that something's wrong. Like there is something wrong with our existence. And the beauty of the gospel is that Jesus says he's going to redeem it. So in saying the redeeming that he's recognizing something like, again, something is horribly wrong, but it's beautiful that we have this hope that he can redeem it. I think one of the things that's really encouraging in, in, in living in these times and living, living through these concerns and whatnot, uh, I find Psalm 46, one through three, extremely helpful. If I could just read that real quick, Shane. It says, God is our refuge and strength. Did you ever like that song in, in Sunday school? God is our refuge. <laughs> That's what I think of every time I hear that. So anyway, sorry, going back. I'm, I'm killing the moment here. So here we go. Psalm 46, one through three. God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. I mean, just that verse alone right there is comforting, but let's keep going. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way. So here we go. We're here in... The, these physical descriptions of our of our earth, of our planet going sideways. So to read that again, therefore we will not fear though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. So I think it's really encouraging that we see that we see all these physical manifestations of our earth, of things not going the way we want to, but God's our refuge and he's our strength. And I love how it puts, he's a very present help in trouble. I don't know what you say, but that really encourages me whenever I see things no. going crazy around me. No, it's a fantastic scripture. Absolutely. I love it. And so to kind of wrap this up a little bit, I kind of want to end with this. It says, if, 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 if the God of the Bible, Yahweh, if he in fact exists, don't we have to look at what his word says? Because the God of the Bible makes a lot of claims, right? And I think... 
if we're gonna if we're if he's going to make all these claims, I think we have to do the justice, right? To to look at these and see what they actually say. And so going back to another scripture here, Colossians 1, 16 through 17. I'm just gonna read this real quick. It says, For for by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. Here we go. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. I'm going to repeat that. And he is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. And I think scripture is so powerful in how it can encourage us. And again, if, if, if the God of the Bible is who he says he is, we have to look at this and we have to trust in this and what it says. And that, that gives us that hope that we're looking for, that just because I might hear a lot of things not going the way I would want them to, and nobody wants them going to, the things aren't working the way they're supposed to, that maybe, in fact, impending doom is on our doorstep. I have to trust that the one who created it all, the one who says that he's got the, the, palm, he's got the earth in the palm of his hand, I've got to trust that what he says, when he says he's in control, my hope has to be there. It has to be there. Shane, would you like to add anything to that? <laughs> I don't know if I can. That is a that's a great point. That's the great that's the great rock on which the biblical worldview stands on is who God is. And because of him, who we are. Yeah. So yeah, I, you you can't build on that more than that. I think so, yeah. Well, Shane, that's gonna wrap us up for today. Everyone, you can you can always find all of our episodes, all of our articles, all thing our videos, everything on our website at switchinglenspodcast.com. You can always find us on Twitter at Lenses Switching. And of course, we're on Facebook and Instagram. If you have any questions or want to email the show, you can email us at feedback at switchinglenspodcast.com. Shane, as always, thank you for joining me. Oh, I always have a great time, Josh. And guys, we will see you next time.